danger. It's dangerous. Hey, everybody, come to the breakfast club. I call this the hot seat. <laughs> You're wild. You're wild. Can I live? You are out of control. I can't even deal with you. Y'all are so petty. Why are y'all so petty? The world's most dangerous morning show. DJ Envy. Captain of this bitch. Angela Yee. I stay in everybody's business, but in a good way. Charlemagne the God. The ruler rubbing you the wrong way. The Breakfast Club. Ain't for everybody. Good morning, USA. Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Emmy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Thursday. Yes, it's Thursday. The weekend is almost here. Damn it. Ah, it's here. It's here if you wanted to be here. Let's let's be honest. Okay, we're still in. I guess the middle of this... We're not even in the middle. I don't know where we're at in this global pandemic. I don't <laughs> we know be, We might still be in the beginning. Who knows? But the weekend is here if you wanted to be here. Okay? Thursday can be the day. Yeah, today is start the, day. the day. You wanted to start today? Yes. It started the day then. Thursday it started the day, damn it. That's what, what I'm talking about. Toronto! Good morning, Toronto! Hey! Well, listen, last night on HBO, I was watching that Yusef Hawkins Storm Over Brooklyn story. Mm-hmm. Charlamagne, you know who Yusef Hawkins is? From the Central Park Five? No. It was a big story uh-huh. in Brooklyn and in New York, but back in the day, I think it was in like 1989. He mm-hmm. was a 16-year-old young teenage black boy that went to go buy a car. 1989. In New York, and he went, 1989, he went to mm-hmm. Bensonhurst, which is a predominantly like Italian neighborhood in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. to go buy a car, and he ended up getting killed by a group of, of white kids. Mm-hmm. Oh no! I and never that heard was, that that's actually name. how we got. Yeah, Mayor uh, David Dinkins. That's when he was running against Koch, and he became mayor. He's a black mayor of uh, New York. But it was a big story, just because I grew up in Flatbush in a black neighborhood, and I went to school in Bay Ridge, which is right part of you know right near Bensonhurst. So it was just a, a crazy time for. Yeah. It was like a big racial clash in it New was. York. Yeah, he was uh, beaten by, they say, they believe 10 to 30 uh, white youths. They believe that they had uh, bats. Uh, somebody had a, a handgun, shot him twice in the chest. It was nasty. It, it was it was a huge race war during that time. I remember between Bensonhurst, riots. Howard Beach, and parts of Staten Island. It was nasty. It was nasty that, mm. during that time. Mm-hmm. And apologies, though. Yusuf Salam is the Central Park Five, not Yusuf Hawkins. Apologies. Yeah. Right, so that documentary just came out on HBO last night, but it's an interesting watch. Um, yeah, Al Sharpton, he was very involved in that. Yeah, he led the first protest, yep. Farrakhan spoke at the funeral. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he promote that? I didn't see that on HBO. Yeah, I didn't see that either. You know what? It, it is interesting that they didn't. I just remember when I heard they were doing the documentary because I got some emails like about, oh, a lot of people were having like online screenings of it before it came out. And so I saw a lot of people talking about it, but I didn't see enough promotion about it, so... I just wanted to bring that up because that was on last night. Yeah, right before the march, I believe Al Sharpton was stabbed in Bensonhurst. Yeah, he got stabbed. That's yeah, where he got, got stabbed, stabbed in Bensonhurst. Yeah. Now, I remember Reverend Al, Reverend Al getting stabbed. That I recall. Yeah, that was that. Was that. Was part? It was all part of that. Yeah, yeah it was right was before they were having. Oh, wow. They were about to start a march, and someone just came up and stabbed him. Yeah, oh, I gotta watch that. Damn, yeah, I wish they would have promoted it better because I'd have loved to see that too. But okay, but now oh, I you know. still can. You yeah, still now can. I know. But I would have loved definitely to check that out as soon as it came out. What's the name of it? 
Yusef Hawkins, Storm Over Brooklyn. Storm Over Brooklyn. Okay. All right, well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about? Uh, well, let's talk about Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. And the first time the two of them have been uh, together in Delaware, and he's announced her as his running mate. So let's hear what she had to say. All right. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey, morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. What's Let's happening? Let's get some front page news. Where we starting, Yeezy? Well, let's start with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris together in Delaware, appearing together for the first time on the same ticket. We're very excited for that. Now, Joe Biden says we have to protect Kamala Harris. Donald Trump has already started his attacks, calling Kamala, quote, nasty, whining about how she is, quote, mean to his appointees. It's no surprise because whining is what Donald Trump does best, better than any president in American history. Is anyone surprised Donald Trump has a problem with a strong woman or strong women across the board? Kamala Harris has had your back, and now we have to have her back. She's going to stand with me in this campaign, and all of us are going to stand up for her. I mean, he's right. And, you know, what's crazy is how many people fall for the BS. Like, Kamala Harris was a DA and AG in San Francisco. We know that. A prosecutor. We know this. But I really want you all to go do your own research on Senator Harris. Research is not something you saw on YouTube or a meme. Her record is right there, you know, in your face if yeah. you really want to go search for it. Because a lot yeah. of y'all falling for the, ob- the obvious smear campaign that's coming from Russians, the Trump administration. The, who knows? It's, it's yeah, obvious you don't what's going on. And, and and shout to Kamala Harris and the amount of me just posting a picture of her and the amount, the way that I'm attacked for supporting Kamala Harris, I can't even imagine what she's going through. And most of the things that people are saying are lies. Man, you know, it's really yeah, like, yeah, at it's least really pronounce untru- her name right. A lot of stuff is really untrue. I know. <laughs> hey, and at least at least pronounce her name right when you attack her. I mean, I was watching, I saw Tucker Carlson. He kept calling her Kamala. And they were like, dude, her name's... Kamala. He's like, so? Who cares? Well, he does that on purpose, though. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Yeah. He does that on purpose. It's like, but it makes it look like you're not doing your job if you can't even pronounce a person's name right. All right, now, Kamala Harris also talks about what plans are and the goals for the administration are. We'll create millions of jobs and fight climate change through a clean energy revolution. Bring back critical supply chains so the future is made in America. Build on the Affordable Care Act so everyone has the peace of mind that comes with health insurance. And finally, offer caregivers the dignity, the respect, and the pay they deserve. We'll protect a woman's right to make her own decisions about her own body, root out systemic racism in our justice system, and pass a new Voting Rights Act, a John Lewis Voting Rights Act, that will ensure every voice is heard and every voice is counted. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Look, you just got to keep the collective pressure going. I think, you know, all records should be questioned. You know, whatever demands you know we have, we have to continue to push on those. But I do think this is a, a start in the right direction. I truly do believe that. But I well, also here think, is, you know, Okay. I was going to say, here's her call for action, because I know we have a, a lot more to talk about this morning, but here's Kamala Harris telling what you need to do. We need more than a victory on November 3rd. We need a mandate that proves that the past few years do not represent who we are or who we aspire to be. 
Joe likes to say that character is on the ballot, and it's true. When he saw what happened in Charlottesville three years ago today, he knew we were in a battle for the soul of our nation. And together with your help, that's a battle we will win. Earlier this year, I said I'd do whatever Joe asked me to do. And so now I'm asking you to do the same. So visit JoeBiden.com to get involved in this campaign and vote. They raised uh, $26 million in 24 hours. Since the 24 hours that Senator Kamala Harris mm-hmm. has been uh, introduced as vice president, they raised $26 million in a day. Like, those are the kind of numbers they was doing in a month. Now they did it in, a, they did it in 24 hours. Well, she's right. These past few years should not define who we are. We can move forward. We were just in a very bad, abusive relationship. Let's put it behind mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And can I say one thing real quick, too? The, the San Francisco district attorney and California AG positions, those are executive roles. So that means it's DA or AG. Kamala Harris would not have been personally involved in the day-to-day assignment of every staff member in case. Right? She was not personally involved in every court proceeding or charging decision. So... Please keep that in mind when y'all are saying, uh, you know, certain things online. All right. Well, that is front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? This is Kevin from Greenberg. Kevin from Greenberg. What up, brother? Get it off your chest. Yes. Well, first I want to say uh, thank you for you, you guys and uh, the platform that you provide for everyone. I think thank you, you brother. And I want to thank the listeners for the support of my son and his video making, which is out on YouTube. The kind People check it out? Oh, yes. And you, you all got listeners from Africa, Europe, supported my son. Dope. I really appreciate it for you guys and the and the uh, Breakfast Club listeners. But All right, I brother. Like to, I just want to talk about the Kamala um, Harris. You know, she's a great pick, but social media are dogging her as far as her um, saying she's not black enough and saying that the incarceration of black people. And I, I think she was just doing a job. And they, they just they're just social media just killing her, especially black folks, which I yeah. don't understand. I, I don't understand it, nor do I get it either. It seems like it's especially black folks, but it's not especially black folks. A lot of that is is manufactured. You know what I mean? It, it's it's bots. You know, it is a lot of people, black people that I'm not gonna say it's a lot, but it is a, a large amount of black people that don't like her. But a lot of that is, is bots, and a lot of that is coming from the Trump administration. But that's 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 expected. Okay, okay. I, I think I it's more than bots, bro. Andy. Yes, sir. Andy, I know you ride your bike and you be riding for miles. If you're not busy Sunday, why don't you come up to White Plains and ride for justice at 9 a.m.? It's, it's, a, it's, it's a great event. Yeah, I've seen, I seen Tamika Mallory and my son doing it. I might go do my ride at 5 in the morning and join y'all. I might. I was, I was thinking about that today, but, you know, I, I, I usually do my rides 5 in the morning, so by the time I get back, my kids is up so I can be here for their breakfast. That's why I go so early, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe I will try to make it up there. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Wavy, man. Calling from Baltimore. Hey, what's up, man? Wavy, what's up, King? 
Hey, how you doing, man? Yo, I am a huge fan of this show, man. I, I've been listening to y'all for years. I just really want to thank y'all, man, for just doing what y'all doing and being who y'all are, man. I really, really appreciate it. Help me through some tough times, man. So I definitely appreciate y'all and what y'all do, man. Thank you. All right, brother. Well, um, thank appreciate you, man. you, King. You doing good now, though? Hey, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm off today. It's my birthday, man. So Happy I'm, I'm birthday. Good. Happy I'm born good. day, brother. Thank You're a Leo. You, yes, sir. I'm a Leo, Bashar. <laughs> yeah, my, do- my, my, my daughter's birthday is today. My second daughter, my middle child. Oh, okay. Well, happy birthday to your middle child, man. Thank you, King. Hey, no problem, man. But yeah, um, I, I work overnight, and honestly, I listen to you guys um, while I'm putting away the boxes or whatnot. I work at Giant overnight, so I'll be grinding, but y'all be helping me get through, man, and thank you. And I, I really want to give a shout-out to my cousin Chris, man, my brother um, Clinton, and my parents, man, uh, and I love B more, man, uh, and I love y'all, and I thank y'all for letting me on. Thank you. All right, man. Peace, King. Hello, who's this? Hey, this team calling out Ohio. What's happening? What's up? Get it off your chest. Hey, I just wanted to talk about the election. I just think it's whack that we pretty much vote, and we got to vote for anybody just to get Trump out of office. I mean, it seems like this is our only option after we've seen, like, both the records of, you know, Biden and Harris. It's just whack that we got to vote for them to get Trump out of office. All right, well, make sure you vote. Make sure you're registered. What's Harris's record, uh, King? I'm just talking about with all of the convictions that a black man she put behind bars. What I'm, I'm thinking that what's the number of convictions? I'm, How many I'm, black men did she put behind bars? Like what 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 what's the number? Because I keep hearing people say that, but I haven't seen any numbers. What's the number? Well, I haven't done all the research. I don't know the number. And that's the problem. And that and that is the problem. Hold on. And that's the problem. You know, with some numbers, though, she, you know, she, uh, district attorneys, you know, she putting people behind bars. But listen. I'm just saying that since Trump been in the office, black people has come together to, like, stand up against that racism. I seem like we just waiting for somebody to get in the office to put us back to sleep, or we waiting for somebody to save us. Like, now, nah, bro, we need to stand together like we've been doing and keep fighting, you know, for what we're doing instead, instead of waiting for somebody to come in and try to save us or pacify us. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I so agree with are, that. You are going to vote. Senator Harris. It's about Biden. He the president. She just the VP. Now we can talk I'm not about voting for, I know a little bit about him. I'm not voting for Biden. I'm voting for Senator Harris. I'm not voting um, for Biden. So are you, sir, are you voting? Are you registered to vote? I'm registered, but man, it's so hard. It's tricky. Like, man, this is whack to me, man. I just don't feel like I want to give my vote to somebody that right. I mean, we've been standing together fighting. I mean, nobody's coming to save y'all. We got to save That's ourselves. Your, I mean, do me a favor. Nobody's coming in to save us. I agree with you 100%. But I do think that uh, we can use our collective power and we can use our collective black leverage to, you know, elect people that we want to elect. And then we can hold them accountable once they get in those positions. I agree with you. I think black people have come together in a real way and we need to keep this collective pressure going way beyond once somebody's in the White House. Well, thank you. Right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. We got rumors on the way, Yee? Yes, and uh, somebody is coming out accusing Michael B. Jordan of being flirtatious. We'll tell you what he really? has to say. And it was a guy. Is she white? No, it's a he. I think you told the story, Envy. I think you just gave away the whole goddamn story. That was That's not how you were supposed to give away the story, Envy. I know you were so intrigued. I, was just, I just wanted to tease you. I already bit. knew. I, I this mean, is radio. It's theater of like the you mind. Well, you're a great thespian. Because I'm good at my you, job. You're a great thespian, because I believed you. I really did. Like, I believed you. All right, well, rumors up next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club.
This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Now, Michael B. Jordan's former house assistant has said some things about him. He feels like Michael B. Jordan was very flirtatious. And even with him, he was on Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. And here's what he had to say about the time that he helped him move. I was the house assistant at that time. Yeah. So I was helping him move in. He'd walk around in boxers and no yeah. shirt. And he was so flirtatious. He would flirt with a wall. And I, being like so young, I was in my 20s, I thought we had a moment. But I could be wrong. I think you did. I, we were, I was in his closet. Closet and he was just like, he was like, are we going to kiss? And I was like, Michael. And he's like, I just like to josh around with you. And I was like, and I and I was such a professional person. So I was like, Michael, I have, to, I have a job to do. And I went downstairs and started receiving packages. I should have received his package. Okay. Yeah, he came on to me. I- I'm not here to out anyone that's not my job, but he, there was a vibe between us that goes beyond sexuality. That was all in your head, fool. Michael B. Jordan loves white women, not white Stop men. It. All right, Stop. 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 You- he said nothing yeah, happened. Get- he just felt like there was a vibe. Well, see, I just get tired of people Vibe. saying anything and it becoming news. Also, Michael B. Jordan probably was joking around. Maybe he is a, you know, cool, flirtatious person like that, but doesn't mean anything by it. People make up Maybe. anything, though. Like, you know, exactly. we always talk about the time that, you know, Charlemagne lived in a friend of mine's building and I would go see my friend. His name was Little Sean. They kind of look like, you know, kind of look like Charlemagne a little bit short, dark skin, bald head. And when Charlemagne went in the building, the lady was like, yo, be careful. You know, Angie yeah, likes to see a brother just looks just like you. And I passed like, by the room say and they squeaking. Say that. But that's different. But she even, didn't say that publicly. But even in, aside from y'all, even in this story, he said they were in a closet and they were really close. And he was like, are we going to kiss? But he was kidding. Like, you listen to the words. Take that. We were in a, clo- we were in a closet. Because he was moving but, and he was helping him move. And he know what he's saying. People got to be hesitant about speaking on you, especially if it may or may not be true. And by the way, we've all seen Michael B. Jordan with his shirt off because he's always got his shirt off in movies and everything. So you're not special. I would expect Michael B. Jordan to walking around shirtless in his house. His crib. Well, I didn't think it was really that crazy. He said nothing happened, and maybe he just well, made I, it all up in his head. Well, let's talk about the double standards. You don't think it's that crazy because you're not a man. But I'm sure men that aren't homosexual don't want to be uh, just uh, suppo- allegedly outed as homosexual in interviews, is what I'm saying. And what if he, he really he is? And, and what he if he really is, but he's not ready happened. to come out? Yeah, but he still and made also, a story that they flirted with each other. In, Back in 2016, he was rumored to be gay, and he said that he just lets it roll off his back. Well, what, that's what I'm saying. What if he really is and doesn't want to be out? All I'm saying okay. is people should, should mind their business. Like, you don't have to, everything don't have to be on podcast. And by the way, who is this guy? <laughs> He's a, pu- a former publicist, and he was his uh, house manager. Okay. All right, now Wendy Williams has sold her house in New Jersey for $1.4 million. So, congratulations to her. According that's to all. sources, yeah, she, yeah. she feels like she's just happy to move for forward with her life. Yeah, she had it on the market for $2 million. I guess she just wanted to get out. She was like, look, I'm tired of this. Mm. This is the last thing that connects me with my ex, so let, let me just get, 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 get this over with. Yeah, 5,700 square feet, five-bedroom mansion, $1.475 million. Mm-hmm. That is a steal. <laughs> I forgot mm-hmm. that came up. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. And since we're talking about real estate in New Jersey, let's talk about Snoop Dogg. Now, he actually is planning to do some investing and he called him. He called the mayor, Marty Small, senior. Don't we have a day in Atlantic City, the Breakfast Club? Yes, we do. We sure like, do. like this is a lie, too, but I'll let you finish and then I'll clear it up. You said it's a lie? Yes. All right. Well, Snoop Dogg called up Marty Small on FaceTime and here's what happened. I'm coming to the state. I'm coming to the city. We're looking to try to invest in some real estate and do some big things out there with you. 
And I just wanted to get acquainted with you, let you know here from me face to face. What would you like to see him do? Well, what the city of Atlantic City lacks, um, obviously, is family fun entertainment. You know, we look forward to Snoop Dogg and any other person that wants to do business here in Atlantic City. I'm in the city of Inglewood, right? And we have a black mayor out here as well. And I'd like for you to meet him so we can start a mayor's coalition where you brothers start to know each other and start working with each other. Here, Caesar trying to do the drop. A city in New York. A city in New York. <laughs> <laughs> what he meant to say was, we finna do some other business. Yep. Some real business. Some we real flipping. estate business. We flipping, flipping New Jersey. We flipping everywhere. Snoop Dogg is in the flipping game. That's flipping NJ, Envy's partner. Mm-hmm. I, th I thought he lost weight. It sounded like he out of breath to me. No, he did lose weight. He lost, uh, he lost over 100 pounds. Now why is this a lie? Because uh, Snoop never said he wanted to invest in real estate. Snoop's whole thing was marijuana. He wants to invest in some type of marijuana in New Jersey, whether it's a dispensary or something like that. And people just ran with the story and said, Snoop wants to buy well, real he estate. Said, he, Snoop never said that. He just said he Snoop wants said to invest. Snoop said verbatim, we're looking to try to invest in some real estate and do some big things out there with you. Talking he dispensaries. He's not talking real estate. He was talking dispensaries. All right. Well, he, so he said, said he it. So that's probably, that's probably why people think that, because he said it. Mm. And somebody said some, somebody definitely said something about flipping houses, flipping New Jersey. Maybe that was season. I don't remember. <laughs> but yes, he definitely said it verbatim. We're looking to try to invest in some real estate. No, Snoop's looking to do a lot of things in New Jersey, and I don't think real estate is wonderful. But we're going to help guide him. Shout to Snoop and shout to his son as well. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Candy corn, you know, Thanksgiving is coming up soon, and now they have a new turkey dinner candy corn. So according to that packaging, there's six different Thanksgiving flavors of candy corn. There's green beans, Ew. roasted turkey, cranberry sauce, ginger glazed carrots, sweet potato pie, and stuffing. Who eats candy corn? I Maniacs, actually enjoy candy corn. Psychos. That's Ugh. nasty. I just candied a lot of it. With all the other candies in the world, you would choose candy corn? I With a real corn, right you would choose candy corn. I'd rather eat me a real corn on the cob than a piece of goddamn candy corn. Candy corn is Yuck. psychopaths. All right, well, anybody candy. that wants to try the green beans candy corn, it's available. <laughs> they have green beans candy Well, first of all, that's an oxymoron. How can you be green beans and candy corn? Ain't that two different vegetables? It's a green bean-flavored candy corn. There's no such thing. And I enjoy thing. green beans. A, if somebody came to you and said, here's, here's some corn that tastes like green beans, wouldn't you just say, give me the goddamn green beans? That actually sounds Jesus delicious. Christ. A hybrid. Okay. All right, now let's talk about Attorney General Daniel Cameron. He has met with the family of Breonna Taylor. And, you know, I guess hopefully there will be at some point some justice served for Breonna Taylor. So not sure what's happening. The uh, Attorney General asked for the meeting, uh, allegedly. That's right. And met with the family yesterday. Drop on the clues bombs for Intel Freedom. Intel Freedom went down there. And they post it up, and they live in there for the next 30 days, and they and them streets making noise every day. So Daniel Cameron had to do something. So, yeah. And so it's still ongoing. His office will determine whether the officer is involved, will face charges in her death. So they said the office was waiting on ballistic evidence from the FBI crime lab, and there's still no timeline. But keep that pressure on. I really want everybody to continue to think about that, though. Just think about how we can't even get the people who kill us Fired. We're just trying to get them mm -hmm. fired. Think about that. Of course, we want them arrested, but aren't they still on the force? One, not, I know one got fired. Uh, only, yeah, only one person got fired. Yeah. Thus far. All right, now let's talk about Kamala Harris. 
and Joe Biden. They appeared together on the same ticket for the first time in Delaware. And Kamala Harris talks about the goals of their new administration prayers. We'll create millions of jobs and fight climate change through a clean energy revolution. Bring back critical supply chains so the future is made in America. Build on the Affordable Care Act so everyone has the peace of mind that comes with health insurance. And finally, offer caregivers the dignity, the respect, and the pay they deserve. We'll protect a woman's right to make her own decisions about her own body, root out systemic racism in our justice system, and pass a new Voting Rights Act, a John Lewis Voting Rights Act, that will ensure every voice is heard and every voice is counted. And when it comes to voting, I just want to remind y'all to make sure you are registered to vote. Levi's is teaming up with Rock the Vote. They're trying to make sure they help get as many people as possible registered and ready to vote. So text Levi's to 788-683. You can get registered there and find out all those key dates so you don't miss anything and get all your voting how-tos from Rock the Vote. All right. Well, thank you, Missy. Let's open up these phone lines. 800-585-1051. What are your thoughts on Kamala Harris? Is that what we're asking? Yeah, this we, oh yeah, we haven't we haven't talked about it since um she got announced VP. I mean, we've talked about it amongst each other. We haven't talked about it with our our amazing listening audience though. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I've have, have a discussion. After, I've been seeing all types of things on social media. So let's have this discussion this morning. All right, eight hundred. She's my type of uh my type of my type of situation because I love things that are polarizing. You know what I mean? I love things that people really love and I love things that people really hate. Cause to me the truth always lies within the middle of that. You know, my father always says you're never as good as they say you are, you're never as bad as they say you are. You're just always somewhere in the middle. So as long as a person makes you feel something, I'm intrigued. And she definitely right. makes you feel something. Well, let's open up these phone lines. 800-585-1051. Let's have this conversation this morning. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Pull out, pull out, your, pull out your phone. Call in right now. Call me. Add your opinion to The Breakfast Club topic. Break, break it down. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Now, we open up the phone lines to talk about Kamala Harris, 800-585-1051. She's a former attorney general in California, former San Francisco district attorney. She was born in Oakland, California. Uh, she was elected to the Senate in 2016. And went she to the real be, HU. Let's, let's be clear on that. I didn't say that. She did go to, she did attend Howard University. Uh, not the real HU, but it doesn't matter because we ride with her regardless. And we uh, uh, went to Hampton, by the way, for those who are just joining us. The real HU, Hampton University, Hampton, Virginia. Shout out to yes. 757804. What up? I see y'all. VA. What up? So okay. we are asking, uh, Kamala Harris, what are your thoughts? What do you mean? What are you, you know how we feel. We've been interviewing Kamala Harris since 2018, I think was her. First mm-hmm. appearance on the Breakfast Club, um, you know, I've I've done several, you know, campaign events with Senator Kamala Harris um, yes, when well. she was running for president. So, 
I mean, I'm excited. I feel like I did in 2008 uh, when President Obama ran, but I'm more politically sophisticated now. So I'm not just voting for someone because of identity politics. I'm voting for her because of programs I've seen her pass and legislation I believe she will pass in the future or help pass in the future once she gets in the White House. I think that we got someone in there who actually cares about the interests of black people, who cares about the interests of women. And she's a person who's willing to listen to all demands from all sides, you know? She's and not and running from anything, that's right. Yeah, and we're, we're going to continue to make demands because for me, this is just one of the demands one of the demands I had in order to even feel comfortable voting in November. I wanted a black woman VP, in particular Kamala. Uh, I wanted a black woman on the Supreme Court, which Biden already said he's going to do, and we wanted a black agenda, which he presented, okay. which can still be stronger, especially right. in regards to an economic equity package, reparations, whatever you want to call it, but I'm excited. All right. Well, let me ask you a couple of questions because I, I mean, social media has said these things, and let's let's just clear up a couple of things, right? Now we know she attended Howard University. She's a member of a uh, AKA Alpha Kappa Alpha, but uh, mm-hmm. people saying she's not black. By the way, that could be a thing too. A lot. Uh, I realize a lot of people don't like AKAs. Sorry, AKAs, especially what? light skin ones. Has nothing to do with anything. That's just what I see. That's just an observation that I have. I don't know what they got against AKAs, but people think AKAs are bougie and stuck up especially when they light skin, So th- that's a strike, too, no, no, for, no. For, for, but, some, for but, some people. So for everybody out there, she is Jamaican and Indian descent. She is black. She is absolutely positively a black woman. She is black. I, now, I didn't know that that was ever a thing, that people oh, yeah, thought mm-hmm. being from the Caribbean didn't mean you were black. Now, uh, also, we uh, they said that she's convicted mad people have got massive African-American people locked up, and she doesn't care about black people. I don't, I don't, I don't understand where that comes from. Uh, I would tell folks that the San Francisco District Attorney and California Attorney General positions are executive roles. Kamala Harris was an executive, so she oversaw eight thousand prosecutors. That means that as a DA or AG, it's not like Senator Harris would have been personally involved in the day-to-day assignment of every staff member in case she was not personally involved in every court proceeding or charging decision. So that's just foolish. Okay. All right. All right. Well, well, let's go to and, the and, and I also I also will say that um you know a public defender in San Francisco named Nikki Solis, uh, mm-hmm. it's a great article that she wrote. She actually said Kamala Harris was the most progressive prosecutor in California. That's what she said. Yeah, and people often talk about this uh, program that they believe that she did. They said if your kids uh, didn't go to school, they would lock you up. That's true. The, the parents program. up. Mm-hmm. Yes, the truancy program. And she said she, remember she was on The Breakfast Club and we asked her about that. I, I wish we had the clip. And she said that, you know, she was just trying to scare parents into making their kids She never locked anybody school. up for that. So how many people did she, she lock up then? She said zero. That's mm-hmm. what she said on The Breakfast Club. Okay. I mean, you right. got to fact check that, of course. But she said nobody actually got locked up from that program. Mm. All right, well, let's open up the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Yo, this is Tim, man, from Jacksonville. What's up, brother? We're talking Kamala Harris. What are your thoughts? Okay, uh, good morning, uh, Envy, Angela Yee, and um, Charlemagne. At first, King. man, I really wasn't rocking with her because um, because I didn't do my research, you know, from just listening to everybody else. But just to come to find out, she was actually doing a job, man, and I like it. Like, And I think us as black people, we need to get behind this and we need to support her. So that's my I agree with you. Okay. I agree with you. All right, thank you, brother. 800-585-1051. We'll take some more of your calls. We're talking Kamala Harris. What are your thoughts? It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I know it, man. 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 I know it, man
Call me. Add your opinion to the Breakfast Club topic. Come on. 800-585-1051. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just join us, we're talking about Kamala Harris, all right? We're opening mm-hmm. up the phone lines and asking, what are your thoughts? That's what we're asking. Hello, who's this? Claudia. Hey, Claudia. Hey, Claudia. Where are you calling from, Claudia? Well, go on, brethren. Queens, Queens. Well, listen to this. Isn't that woman the one that in California, when they, they proved that the guy was innocent, she refused to let him out of jail when she was the DA? Uh, you're talking about Kevin me, Cooper. Yeah, yeah, it was her. And then she also wanted mothers to go to jail if their kids didn't go to school. If they, you send your kid to school and they don't show up, she wants to put them in jail. Well, yeah, she said she was trying to scare parents, uh, scare parents into making their kids go to school. That was for the kids who were constantly cutting school or not showing up to school on time. So she said she was trying to scare parents into making their kids go to school. I, I, I really want to know something that she has done to to really prove that she can do something as vice president. I think she Oh, I can tell you a bunch show. of things. They just pick her for show. No, I can tell you a bunch of things. I mean, you know, she had the Back on Track program, which set nonviolent offenders on a path to new jobs and helped them rebuild within their communities. She had the Coalition to the Exploitation of Kids, which spearheaded a task force combating the human trafficking of, of girls. She actually stopped prosecuting young girls for prostitution because uh, she acknowledged that they were victims who needed treatment for trauma and not criminals who needed to be incarcerated. And, you know, people talk about, they keep saying, like, she used to lock people up for weed. And it's like uh, there's a public defender in San Francisco. Her name, her name, well, her, is a public defender in San Francisco. Her name is Nikki Solis. She actually said that's a lie. She said that marijuana sale cases were routinely redu- reduced to misdemeanors, and marijuana possession cases were not even on the court's docket. They were simply not charged unless there was a large grow case or a unique circumstance. Because she said that was one of the reform-minded approaches that Senator Harris took. So, I mean, listen, I just tell people, go do yeah. your own research. Thank There's you. plenty of information out there if you really want to find it. Now we were I'm talking not saying about she's perfect because she's a prosecutor. but Now, she mentioned, know, I was going to say, the lady mentioned uh, Kevin Cooper, that case, and uh, Kamala allegedly uh, denied a DNA test that people could believe could free an innocent man. Do we have information on that? Because I'm not aware of it or I'm not sure. I, 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 I really don't know, but I will continue to tell people that, you know, when you are a DA or an AG, that's an executive role. Like Kamala Harris literally oversaw 8,000 prosecutors. So that means that she would not have been personally involved in the day-to-day assignments of every staff member in mm-hmm. case she, w- she wouldn't be personally involved in every court proceeding or charging decision. So I would have to really look into that Kevin Cooper case and see. But I highly doubt she was the lead prosecutor on that case. She, yeah, was, she said- oversaw literally 8,000 other prosecutors. Yeah, now I'm reading it says Kamala did not withhold evidence to exonerate an innocent man on death row. They said Kamala had no involvement with the Kevin Cooper as he had already exhausted all of his appeals before she was an AG. So oh, see, uh, there you go. And how'd you find that, Envy? I Googled. It's, 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 the information <laughs> yeah. is there. Mm-hmm. There was just there's, there's two great articles that came out yesterday. One um is on Medium and it's it's actually titled uh Debunking All the Lies and Myths and rumors about Senator Kamala Harris. Yeah, it says Cooper needed clemency from Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, the Governor Jerry Brown. That's who he needed clemency from, that Kamala couldn't do anything. All right, well, let's go to another caller. Hello, who's this? Good morning. It's Chris from the Bronx. Hey, Chris, good morning. We're talking Kamala Harris. What are your thoughts? Yes, sir. So uh, one 
feedback that I have is just like you said, you've been seeing some things online. Um, I have as well, too. And I just want people to be careful about posting certain things that may or may not be true because mm -hmm. anything negative against Biden or Harris is going to be a positive for Trump. Secondly, I feel that Biden now needs to focus on white women and Hispanics a lot because those are who are really going to swing the votes. I and African-Americans. African -American and black people. Gonna, no, black people, bro. And black, black people. people. No, no, no. Black like, people. We're coming. I'm, hold on. Let me finish. Y'all me. Black people are coming mm -hmm. out. We didn't come out in 2016. It wasn't voter suppression. It was voter depression. So black people That's are right. going to rise up in 2016. But they're still white women and they're still Hispanic. So don't be like, all right, we're driving home the black people. And then guess what? There's a coalition of everyone else versus us because we only make up 13% of the population in this country. So, so what? Biden needs to make sure he doesn't alienate other people as well. But No, yeah, let me tell you something. Do you, know, do you know that in 2016... A uh, large majority of white women actually voted for Donald Trump. And if you look at the in 2012, four, listen, in 2012, 4.4 million people. In 2016, 4.4 million people who voted in 2012 stayed home, right, in 2016. And a third of, and a third of them were black, and they were in the majority of the swing states. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. I saw that. And the funny thing about those white women that voted for Donald Trump, two weeks later, they were doing the Me Too movement all over the world. <laughs> That was real funny. But, yeah, hopefully, you know, we, we see what happens and people actually turn out to vote. So there's no voter depression this time. All right. Well, thank you for calling, man. Let's I, take I some believe in calls. voter depression, too. Voter depression is when you're just depressed about the candidates and you don't, believe in, you don't believe in what the candidates are talking about, so you just stay home. 800-585-1051. What are your thoughts about Kamala Harris? It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking Kamala Harris, all right? Uh, on social media, I've been seeing all types of crazy things about her. So we're just asking, what are your thoughts? Hello, who's this? Me. Okay. No, well, what are, you, what, are, what are your thoughts on uh, Kamala Harris? Honestly, I think she's one of the most viable VP candidates that we've probably had since, like, Al Gore. If you look at somebody like Trent, uh, uh, Pence, he's literally standing there while Trump is committing he's all these puppet. atrocities. Basically, mm -hmm. he's a mummy standing behind the president. And then even in, in Biden, he wasn't really somebody who was there to make any fundamental change within himself. Like, I feel like given her performance in the debate, Kamala Harris is someone who will actually fight for what she believes in. Not even the debate um, in her interview of uh, Kavanaugh. You could tell that she's passionate about it. It's not there you go. That, it's not a role that she's just, you know, showing up and standing behind the president as a, a figurehead. She's somebody who's going to go out there and fight to make changes that really hopefully will hopefully really impact our day-to-day -day lives whereas D, yeah you are absolutely right you are hitting so many nails on the head uh because i like her for some of those same reasons i like the fact she stands up to systems you know what i'm saying like yeah. people you got if you people do their research she refuses to seek the death penalty even on a case where a, a very respected police officer uh, was killed by a gang member. She wouldn't even give that person the death penalty, and police officers hated her for that. 
and that tells you that she's willing to look at the case as a case-by-case person of a basis as opposed to just looking at the police officer versus the civilian. What are the details of that case? What really impacted the, the outcome of that case? And you could tell that if she's willing to invest that much into one case like that, she's going to definitely be there to put up that fight. If Joe Biden says something out of turn, I definitely believe Kamala Harris is somebody who would put it in his place without looking at him as, oh, he's the president. I can't question his decision. I yeah, we've already saw that. We saw that in the debate. You, you saw how she's... You saw how she stood up to Biden in the, in the debate and called him out on his uh, segregationist uh, bus, bus bus policing record. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We I saw would, that. I, I would love to see a VP uh, debate. I think she would demolish Pence because he has absolutely no morals. He holds himself as a moral character, and he lets Trump do all these atrocities. I would love to see them debate on some real issues that really impact the people. And I think they're mm-hmm. honestly, they're scared of her. Because they don't know how they to are. attack her. She's, they're right. They're, now they're saying she's not black enough. But right. what is she? Okay. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Exactly. They're just, they're she... just looking for something, but they really don't have anything fundamental where you can attack her character other than that's her right. race. Well, really that's right. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you, D. And listen, now, by also, the way, if, if, if Senator Harris not black, then Shirley Chisholm not black because her both her parents from the Caribbean, too. So what what, you know, what, what, what you saying? Now, also, you know, they were talking about uh, when she was on the show and she was talking about marijuana and when she, if she had ever smoked and what she was listening to. That was crazy because we explained that and broke that down, how that came across. Uh, they mm-hmm. also talk about recreational marijuana, and they said that was not legalized in the 2018, so marijuana possession was illegal the entire time Kamala Harris was the DAAG. And even Charlemagne says she's created so many different pro- programs, like yeah. one is the uh, Back on Track program which provided, what, jobs, education, housing assistance to... For nonviolent offenders to get on a good path once they got out of jail. And, uh, you know, with the marijuana thing, like I said earlier, her marijuana sales cases were routinely reduced to misdemeanors, and marijuana possession cases weren't even on the court docket. And I really respect the fact that she stands up to all them old white men. Brett Kavanaugh, William Barr, Jeff Sessions, if you've seen her at them Senate hearings, I love the way she pushes the line on all those well, on all those old white male politicians. And she really reminds me of the person who's not there to be your friend. She's there to do her job. And like D just said, you saw how she's, she, she don't play. I, I like the fact she can call out Joe Biden and still right. become the vice presidential nominee. That says a lot. All right. Well, what's the moral of the story? I mean, the moral of the story for me, man, is like I honestly believe that the Biden-Harris ticket, more so because of, because of Harris and because I, the way I think she'll push Biden, could be transformative to the black community as, as Lyndon the Lyndon B. Johnson administration was. And if you don't know what the Lyndon B. Johnson administration did as far as civil rights, Google is your friend. Lyndon B. Johnson was a civil rights hero, but he was also a racist, okay? But his time in office uh, really created a lot of societal change. So, All right. you know, go go do your Google. Civil Rights Act of 1964, Voting Rights Act of 1965, Housing and Urban, De- Urban Development Act of 65, that was all Lyndon B. Johnson. All right, well, we got rumors on the way, ye. Yes, and we are going to be talking about the NBA and conjugal visits. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Even listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. gossip. The Rumor Report. Gossip. With Angela, Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, with the NBA season underway, as you know, the players are in that bubble. And are they getting any love if they're not married? Well, there are some rules, and the NBA has released a memo announcing guest rules pertaining to players in the bubble as they are getting ready for the playoffs. He said among those also 
not allowed as player guests per memo, current prospective staff or business relationships, including agents, trainers, massage, physical therapists, personal chefs, and tattoo artists. Here who, um, so those people are not allowed to be in the bubble. Any individual the player has not previously met in person or with whom the player has had limited in-person <laughs> interactions. So if you only know somebody through social media, you can't DM them and be like, hey, come see me. Uh, each player is allowed one ticket per playoff game for a guest, plus an additional admission for a child. And that child has to be 32 inches and below. Uh, player guests can quarantine in teams market for three days, travel to Orlando, and then again for four days or travel directly to Orlando and quarantine seven days there. You can bring in family and establish longstanding personal friends into the bubble. And uh, it's going to be four guests per player, but can be exceeded for children. Guests can travel on team charters following testing and guests will be allowed to attend games. So those are the rules. Now, Stephen A. Smith said that he thinks that these players should be able to get some type of visits. Here's what he said. You better let somebody come up in there and see him. It would be nice. To see, you know, the whole family and all that stuff. I got that. You understand? I really, really do. But you can, you can let one somebody come there. You can let a, a wife or a girlfriend come. I would strongly advise the NBA to facilitate that happening before August 30th. It will go a long Stephen A., are you, are you advocating for conjugal visits in the bubble? I mean, the bottom line is they didn't do anything yes. wrong. They're not in jail. Yeah, I mean, a little stress relief every once in a while. I don't see nothing wrong with that. Um. I, yeah. I, I don't. I, is it worth risking? No. Is it worth risking? They're not going to worth risking that billion dollar industry to but let somebody in. Because think about it. If one person comes in there and like five or ten people get coronavirus, they got to shut the whole thing down. But they got to check worth everybody. That risk. But they got to check everybody. And you know the pressure of, of being an NBA player and scoring and winning and all that. Sometimes you need a little stress relief at night. Yeah. But how and do you check way, everybody? How do they know if you met somebody in person or not? That's a good or question. Or if you only know them off social media. Like, how do they even know that for sure? Treat it like prison. Treat it like prison. You got to be married. I'll tell you something, though. That bubble got to be heaven for the gay NBA players right now, though, right? It's got to be a few uh, got to be a few gay NBA players that are in there living the life. Probably in there trying to convince the guys to try something new, like each other. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> What's wrong What's with you, man? <laughs> What do you mean? All right, now Lil Boosie is not too happy with Mark Zuckerberger because his Instagram page has been shut down and he doesn't know why. Listen to this. Mark Zuckerberger, I need to talk to you. I don't know what I did, but I need my Instagram back. I don't even know what I did, but this is how I feed my family. Do not take Boosie off Instagram. You need to take me to orientation or something, but you can't put me out of school. We ain't making no show money, Mark Zuckerberger, none of the rappers. I need my Instagram back, man. I got people money I got to poke. Boosie, you know why your page got shut down. I, I looked on Boosie's page the other day, and Boosie had a girl with her legs wide open with something between them. You know, you don't know what it was, know. huh? Like, Boosie, you know why your page got shut down. Come on, Look, he's confused. He doesn't know why. He needs his page back. That's how he feeds his family right now. Got to get it. You know, got to get Somebody it Somebody need. Somebody need to show Boosie the rules of Instagram so he can see how he be breaking them. Yeah, what happened to the right reality show? I don't know. Let's ask Sasha. Sasha was, was the executive producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's Sasha still coming out. He might still be in the works. All right, Cardi B says that her new album will be like Beyonce's Lemonade. She told Elle magazine 
uh, that my music is going is always going to make a woman feel like a bad bitch. When you make a woman feel like she's the baddest bitch in the room, to me, that's female empowerment. But this album is going to be really different. Of course, it's going to have my lemonade moments, my personal relationship moments. And she said, I do know that my relationship has a lot of drama and everything, but there's a lot of love. There's a lot of passion. There's a lot of trust. There's a big friendship. There's always us against the world. If you all are so curious to know about my relationship and blah, 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 I'm going to put it in the music and you can buy it. I'm not going to give it to you all for free. True. Mm-hmm. That's the way to do it. And I think she has her OnlyFans up and popping now, right? Yeah, she cut it. I, I think she half was trying price, to go live said. on OnlyFans, trying to figure that out. But it's not going to be anything naked on there. So for all you people that thought you were going to get a glimpse of Cardi B, that's not going down. Now, CeeLo mm-hmm. has apologized after some things that he said, calling out Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, and Megan Thee Stallion's music. If you guys recall, and we did the story yesterday, he told Far Out, we are adults. There should be a time and a place for adult content. As adults and artists, we should at least attempt to be each other's accountability partners in some regard. He said the stereotypes that are celebrated and perpetuated ultimately make the perception a reality. It is disenfranchising and it has caused a great deal of problems. And then in particular, he called out those three women. Well, now he has gone to Twitter and said, good morning, everybody. There seems to be a misunderstanding with a quote taken from an interview I did a few days ago while promoting my new project. Firstly, I'm an advocate of artistic freedom and expression as well as a fan of Nikki, Cardi, and Megan. I know most of them personally and consider Cardi and Offset family. Therefore, I would never disrespect them by any means. I acknowledge them as all as powerful, beautiful, and influential women and professionals. I wholeheartedly apologize to each of them for the inconvenience they have been caused due to a snippet of my interview being used as a headline and in turn creating controversy and disconnect between me and these ladies as well as their fans. Know that I support everyone who is a part of our community and culture always have and always will. I don't know where the misunderstanding was necessarily. No, me neither. I don't know. CeeLo shouldn't have said what he said. <laughs> Not at all. That's, I mean, that's I clear. Even, I even, once I heard Angelique say he apologized, I, my mind went to, see, that's why you shouldn't say things that you're going to end up apologizing for. But the truth of the matter is CeeLo came up in an era where he's heard worse. Mm-hmm. He has. He absolutely heard Lil' Kim. You heard Foxy Brown. You heard Trina. You heard Jackie O. You absolutely heard worse from men and women. You ain't going to tell me that WAP is dirtier than um bomb-ass by the dog pound and Snoop Dogg. Remember that song? Mm-hmm. She got some yep. bum, man. Like, come on, man. Stop. Like, we got to stop being so judgmental. And by the way, uh, Goody Mob always put out music that was socially conscious. They always put out music that was of socially redeeming value. But they also came from an era where other people didn't do that. And um, right. I, if you're not going to point the fingers at them, don't point the fingers at, at Cardi and Megan mm-hmm. or Nikki or whoever right. else. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Charlemagne. Yes, sir. Who are you giving that donkey to? We need Lou Holtz to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with him, please. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day, I'm a Democrat, so being Donkey of the Day is a little bit of a mixed place. So like a donkey. Yeehaw. Okay. Donkey of the Day. <laughs> the Breakfast Club, bitches. Called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. Donkey of the Day for Thursday, August 13th, goes to former college football coach Lou Holtz. Uh, Lou Holtz will always be okay with me because he coached the South Carolina Gamecocks for six years. Drop on the clues bonds for the South Carolina Gamecocks, damn it. All right, salute to the 803. That's home, Columbia, South Carolina, the Metro. Salute to everybody listening to us on Hot 1039 right now. Uh, game, South Carolina Gamecocks, that's my wife's alma mater. 
But Donkey Today does not discriminate. All right. Now, there is a debate on whether or not college football should come back this year because of COVID-19. Greedy-ass schools, greedy-ass NCAA don't care about those kids. They just want to make their money. All right. That's money. That moolah. Okay. If the 2020 NCAA football season is canceled, the financial toll of coronavirus could cost them four billion dollars. Okay. Four billion would it be? All right. Trust me. The only reason the NCAA really wants the football season to start is to make money. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Uh, student athletes, I'm sure, want to play because some of them have dreams of going to the NFL so they can change their life and make some money like the NCAA is. Uh, you only got a four-year window in school, so I don't know how that impacts your el- eligibility if you have to cancel the season because of coronavirus, but it's not like those kids are getting paid. Okay, I really wonder what coaches and athletic directors are saying to the student athletes right now to make them want to play or encourage them to play because those young men aren't stupid. Please, some of y'all hit me up on social media and let me know what the coaches and athletic directors are telling the student athletes because I really want to know what they're saying to encourage them to play. Those student athletes know y'all only want them to play because college football brings so much money to the schools. All right. Most power five schools on average make nearly half of their total operating revenue from football. So I really want to know what they are telling these kids to motivate them to play, because other than just the love that those student athletes have for the game, uh, the the scholarship, which won't be taken away, I'm sure, just because, you know, they canceled the season because of coronavirus are a shot at the NFL. If it's not those reasons, why should they go out there and risk their health and potentially their life? Well, Whatever Lou Holtz was saying yesterday on Fox News, that was a masterclass on what not to say to motivate players to play during the coronavirus pandemic. Let's hear it. You're saying they should play. I, I think they should play, but then again, that's my thing. I think that you ought to say to the player, you want to play if you have a problem, if you have an asthma problem, if you're diabetic or something, and you have a legitimate reason you don't want to play, absolutely, don't play. The rest of you want to play, let's go play. I think that we shut everything down for six months. I'm going crazy about being quarantined. I think other people are tired of Let's move on with our life. When they stormed Normandy, they knew that there were going to be cash and there's going to be risk. Two percent of the people that can they, they go to the uh, emergency room go for COVID-19. Two percent of it is yeah. going down. But young people, Bill, they think it's like cancer. They think they're going to die. See, Lou Holtz is 83 years old. Uh, He's living every moment, every day, like it could be his last, as he should, because it might be. But that doesn't mean these kids have to. If I'm worried about getting sick and possibly dying and I'm not ready to risk that for football, you're not going to get me to play by comparing college football to D-Day. All right? More than 4,000 Allied troops lost their lives in the D-Day invasion, okay? The whole Normandy thing, all right? 4,000. I am not a historian. I am not the highest grade of weed in the dispensary. But I don't think college football is as important as the storming of Normandy. Am I missing something here? Please, let me know if I am. War versus NCAA football. Two things that are usually just done for profit. Okay, all of the companies profit from war. Just like all these schools profit from football. There is big money behind war. There is big money behind NCAA college football. Personally, I don't know if you need either. All right? But I know people like their money. And, you know, Lou Holtz said there is risk to everything. True, but you should take calculated risk. All right? Not rash ones. All right? 
sending those kids out to play just because you are afraid of the money you're going to lose seems rash to me because the only thing you are really calculating is the amount of money you're going to lose. And guess what? The people getting paid, they're not really taking no risk because they're not the ones on the football field. They're not the ones that are potentially spreading the virus to each other. Okay. They're not the ones who have the underlying conditions and they might get sick and die because y'all wanted to send them out there to play football just so y'all can make money NCAA. But listen, hey, to all the students, athletes out there, if you want it, go for it. Take a risk. Don't always play it safe or you'll die wondering, you know, what may have happened. Or if you listen to Lou Holtz, you might just die. All right? Please give Lou Holtz the sweet sounds of the Hamiltons. Oh, now you are the donkey mm. of the day. All right. Well, thank you, Charlemagne, for that donkey of the day. Yes, indeed. All right. When we come back, ask ye. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call ye now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Come on. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Ye. Keep it real. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Yeah, this is AC from Detroit. What's up, AC? What's your question for Yee? So, um, I have a friend. My best friend got married to some guy. And the guy she got married to turned into my best friend. And <laughs> so, I'm kind of like rooting for both of them now. And every time they got an issue now, they want to come to me. And so they got a kid together, and it's getting, like, really toxic. It's getting really bad. And, you know, one minute they're together, the next minute they're not. It's just back on, back off, right? <laughs> and so the guy, who, like I said, is my best friend now, he wants to leave, and then he wants to stay. And then he wants to leave. And so I'm always giving him advice, and he never takes my advice. So my question for you is, what do I do as the friend? Am I supposed to, like, just continue listening and giving advice? Or should I legit just cut them both off? I have a similar situation. And what I had to learn to do was mind my business when it comes to their relationship because I don't want to be in the middle of it. Especially with couples that keep on breaking up and getting back together, breaking up and getting back together. You just kind of have to mind your business. And so what I I would do is tell both of them, look, I don't want to be in the middle of whatever y'all have going on. Don't ask me questions about what the other person is doing. Right. I don't even want to know what y'all doing. I just want us to be right. friends and I don't want to be in the midst of your relationship drama. And it, would that make me a bad friend though? No, it wouldn't. It would make you a fair person because it's not fair to you. Like, you got to think about yourself. First of all, if they keep on breaking up and getting back together, you're going to end up in the middle of it if you're trying to give advice and then they're using you like, oh, well, he told me this and he told me that. And if you know things the other person doesn't know, and then now they're asking you for information, it's just not a fair situation for you to be in the middle of. Right. Okay. You can I be someone's friend on all other things, but when it comes to their, especially because this is an ongoing thing, I could see if it was like one time they had an right. issue, you helped them talk through it. But if this is like all the time, back and forth, back and forth, that's too much. You're right. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. No problem. 
All right. Ask Ye. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice, hit Ye now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Get some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Um, Tiffany. Hey, Tiffany. Where you calling from? Milwaukee. All right. What's your question for Yee? Uh, my question is, how would I handle, like, my relationship? I was dating this guy. And I ended up almost getting kidnapped by someone. So they kind of made me develop a phobia to where I ended up losing my job and getting kicked out of class because I had this fear. But instead of him being there helping me get through everything, he ended up breaking up with me saying that I don't have anything to offer him. But I never did anything for her from the beginning. Well, number one, it sounds like you don't need to be with him because you shouldn't want to be with anybody that has no empathy and is not there for you the way that he should be. And number two, it feels like you have a lot of work that you need to do with yourself. And that means that it is time for you to get some professional help so you can learn how you can move forward in life, right? And how to cope with some of these issues that you have. Have you tried to do that? Yes. Well, I got an appointment scheduled for the 18th, but at first I wasn't like thinking nothing was wrong. Like maybe it's the spiritual warfare and I'm going to get past this, but I haven't got past But, yeah, I set me up an appointment to talk with a therapist. But I didn't really go to the police about the incident or anything because it was just a guy that I met. And then he tried to take me out, and he tried to set me up to get kidnapped. But I ended up getting away because I had my firearm on me. Oh, my god! And I never seen him wow. ever since then. But I was still kind of dating the guy who left me. But we wasn't, like, very, very, very serious yet. And I wasn't sure if that's the guy that I really wanted to be with. So I was still out mingling. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think that before you even have to think about who you want to be with, we got to figure out how you can get the help that you need because that is very yeah. serious. I know you said you haven't gone to the police. That might be something because, you know, he could try to do this to somebody else, and this sounds like a person that does not need to be on the streets at all. So I'll call at them the, to make a report, but this happened like a year ago. That's fine. I would still go and do that report, whatever you need to do. If there's a restraining order, there might be other people who have complained or filed reports against him as well. Yeah, because I think the same guy talking to other women at the gas station. And I was just looking like, I wonder if he's going to set them up to get kidnapped too. Because I, I know there's a lot of kids and children that's coming up missing, that's put inside sex slavery. So that's what I thought he was trying to do to me because why would you want to just kidnap somebody? Oh, my gosh, please make sure you go and follow through and, and file that police report. Hold on the line. We're going to get your information and see if we can. Okay. Um, I know you said you're in Milwaukee. Yes. Okay, hold on the line, okay? Hold on. Okay. All right, ask ye, 800-585-1051. Now we got rumors on the way? Yes, and we're going to talk about Selah Mar- Marley. That is Lauren Hill and Rohan Marley's daughter. She had posted a video talking about... Uh, some issues that she has that she realizes from past trauma and we'll tell you what the update is with that because that went viral and her intention was different than what the headlines were trying to make it seem like it was. All right. Well, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. Rumor, rumor, rumor. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Nah, 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 nah. Yes, so this was really cute and sweet. Beyonce called up one of her fans. Now, 
If you saw this on social media, uh, Beyonce's mother, Tina Lawson, posted it. Uh, apparently, uh, somebody posted, guys, my niece's reaction to black is king. Like, this is how Beyonce is making our black generation feel. And here was the video. Tina Lawson said, this has me in tears. It makes all the stress and worry, all the haters and negativity that was put out there to try to destruct, tear down, and deter from her intentions. But this video makes it all worthwhile. This is the message that Beyonce worked so hard to convey. I prayed hard the message would get through and that little black girls everywhere could see that beauty that is in our black people and our culture and our ancestors. She is beautiful and so is this. Then apparently Beyonce even called and spoke to uh, her nieces. So that's really dope. Yeah, I saw that and I thought it was dope. Um, and yeah. I also was laughing at the, I guess it was the aunt or somebody said, oh, Beyonce just called NDAs are real. But then she went on to say exactly what Beyonce told Denise. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. Look, that's exciting. You know, you know, we understand. Yeah, but you Beyonce can't, but called. you can't say, no, I don't understand. If you say NDAs it, are real. Then you should keep that to yourself. I mean, I'm so excited. There's probably a lot more to it than what she said. Yeah, it's exciting. And she didn't say nothing negative or nothing like that. So, you know, it was it was pretty ambiguous. She didn't say she didn't record it and post the recording or anything like that. Now, R. Kelly reportedly got $1.2 million last year, even though he said he didn't have any money and he opened a bank account in someone else's name, allegedly. So uh, they said the bank account was created after he was charged with sex crimes. And they said he opened the bank account in the name of a nominee, uh, someone else's name, and he can be heard on recorded jail calls directing people to contact the person to receive payments indirectly from him. In addition to that, three people were arrested for allegedly bribing and threatening victims in his case. My goodness. He's not the brightest, huh? Not at all. He's desperate desperate at this point. Bro, he's getting royalties. Royalties come to your name or your production company. Then you open it up in another account, and you know every call when you're in jail, they record your calls. So you're giving directions. That is true. <laughs> I'm giving directions. Now, Donnell Russell songs. was an alleged manager and advisor of R. Kelly's reportedly threatened to reveal sexually explicit photos of one victim to the public if she didn't end her lawsuit. Uh, Michael Williams is accused of setting fire to an SUV in June that was parked outside a Florida home where an alleged R. Kelly victim had been staying. If you remember, Asriel Clary, who was his ex-girlfriend, posted a photo on social media saying that her vehicle was set on fire. So if this stuff is true, if this stuff is true, R. Kelly must have some money because um, I'm sure these people aren't doing these acts of crime for free. (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah, that would be even crazier. But come on now. Threatening people like you think they're not going to go to the cops and tell on your ass. All right. Now, Lauren Hill and Rohan Marley's daughter, Sailor Marley, she had posted a video. It was a two hour Instagram video. And it seemed like she was really just working through issues that she has as a 21 year old that she realizes come from past trauma from her own childhood. Now, here's what she had to say in part of that video. Me and Michael got into a fight. And when we fight, it can get very volatile and I can get very volatile and I'll pretty much have a breakdown. And then I had a flashback and it was my mom, my dad arguing and it clicked. And I was like, wow, I'm doing exactly what my mom did. And then it clicked again. And I was like, wow, where is my father? And I just came to conclusion of how much of my life I've up and how much of me is up simply because my dad just wasn't around. 
She did not, however, appreciate how that two-hour conversation ended up having clips taken out to deliver a message that she didn't intend. She said, Jesus Christ, this shade room just loves a headline. The discussion that I had was a larger conversation about a certain trauma that I experienced from a lack of unity in the household. This is nothing new. As a matter of fact, this is commonplace for many people, and I'm glad so many of you were able to resonate with the healing that I speak of. But please do not go bashing my parents right now, especially my father. I never said I did not love them. I said that their shortcomings created trauma that I now need to consciously and actively heal from. Here's what else she had to say after this video was released. You know that the shade room takes everything out of context. I spoke on that subject for two hours and it was about more than just my father. It's complex. It's a very complex topic. And really what I was discussing was how a lack of unity in the household can create severe trauma that you don't even you're aware of. And now I had to go back and see where these different things impacted my life and how they impacted my life. At the end of the day, I never said my father was a deadbeat completely. I just said that he wasn't as present as I needed him to be. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I love that conversation. And the reason I love her, her conversation is because I have five kids. And, you know, there is no instruction manual when it comes to raising a kid. There's going to be some things that I do wrong and there's going to be a lot of things that I do right. But when I hear things like that, it makes me, you know, look at my self as a father and say, let me make sure that I'm doing what's, what I should be doing and I'm doing it the proper way. And I'm making sure I'm listening to my kids to make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do as a dad. The crazy thing is you don't know if you're doing it the proper way until, you know, you, you start seeing how the, the kids are reacting to it. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. you can't look at somebody else because what works for somebody else may not work for you. But you True. really don't know until you see how your kids turn out. Mm -hmm. Now, after this video came out, Rohan Marley actually apologized to his daughter. He said, I love her very much and do apologize for any contributions I may have added by arguing in front of her as a child. I've grown as a man, a spiritual being and a father. I am constantly growing and will teach my children to always take the higher road in any disagreements. I will be there for her no matter how many hours, days, months or years it will take. I will be the best dad that I can be. One love. All right. I get jumped in my house anyway, so I don't be arguing. Him, I got time for that. I'm in the house with four women, four black women. Oh, I get black jumped all the time. Yeah, ain't nobody hey, got do time when you get jumped? Just be quiet. You be quiet. Even if you if you if you feel like you about to say something back, shut up. You don't talk you to mommy not. like that. Mommy, don't talk to daddy like that. I'm like, you know what? You know what? They're absolutely right. <laughs> y'all are all of y'all are absolutely right. And yesterday, Nick Cannon, there was an exclusive story that came out on the Shade Room saying that he was planning to sue Viacom for $1.5 billion, according to his representatives. Well, according to the New York Daily News, these reports are inaccurate. This is all by a person who has identified herself as a representative of Nick Cannon. She said, Nick's focus right now is on unifying communities and combating bigotry, racism, and hate of all kinds, not seeking personal financial gain. Yeah, I mean, I knew that story wasn't real when I heard it because it, it it didn't sound right, especially being that mm -hmm. Nick Cannon's already has apologized and admitted he was wrong and, you know, he's going around trying to educate himself on the Jewish community. Like, I'm like, why would he turn around and then sue Viacom? That don't even make any sense. But, right. yeah, that's why the media yeah, is so dangerous, story, man. They were saying that he was going to donate all the money, though. But, man, yeah, where did they even get real. that from? I would love. Where did, I want to know where they got that from. The media. This is a very dangerous time. People report on anything and say anything, and people run with it. Man, it's very wild. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, we got the People's Choice Mix to get your request in and shout to revolt. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning.
Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Again, uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, we, we've been talking about her all morning long. Before you just decide on anything because you heard something, please do your Googles. A lot of the stuff that people are saying are absolutely positively false. Well, don't, don't just do your Googles. Like, you know, go resource, research reliable sources. You know, there's a great article that a public defender in San Francisco named uh, Nikki, Nikki Solis wrote for the USA Today, and Nikki Solis is a public defender, and she said she hates the fact that she has to come to the defense of a prosecutor, but she actually said that uh, Senator Kamala Harris was the most progressive prosecutor in California. And it's another good article on Medium, and the title of it is Debunking the Lies, Smears, and Distortions about Kamala Harris. And they have so many things from her actual record and links to her actual record in here. And, you know, 50 times Kamala Harris advocated our accomplished criminal justice reform. They have her whole record as a California California attorney general. So you can go there and actually see what the hell she did as opposed to just watching YouTube videos. Because mm-hmm. you're being manipulated right now and don't even know it. You're being manipulated by the right, the Trump administration, mm-hmm. Russian bots, all types. Of, it's all types of misinformation out there that's trying to keep you from the polls. Believe that. But I also want to say there might be things that she did that you don't like, and that's fine, too. I think it's really important to moving forward, decide what's important and what it is that you want to see, what policies mean a lot to you. So make sure you do register to vote and get out there and vote as well. Yeah, that's why you just find out what's true. Just find out what's real and what's true. That's all. You got to find out. All of these memes going around, like they got a meme going around with Michael B. Jordan as Oscar Grant in Fruitville Station. And they're literally saying that Senator Kamala Harris was the prosecutor of Os- Oscar Grant when that's just a bold-faced lie. Like, right. She wa- she wasn't even the DA in that county when Oscar Grant was shot. She was the DA in in, a, in San Francisco County. So how they blaming her for things she wasn't even over? Like, yo, the white white the white man is really doing a great job of, of smearing her name. She's the prosecutor, so she wasn't perfect. But come on, you don't got to make up bold-faced lies. So make sure you definitely go out there and vote. And shout to Levi's. Levi's is teaming up with Rock the Vote to help get as many people as possible registered and ready to vote this fall. Vote, 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 please. Now you can text Levi's to 788-683 to get registered and find out key dates and voting how-tos from Rock the Vote. All right, when we come back, we got the positive note. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Looks like it's going to be nice today. The sun is coming out. It says some rain, but I got to get on my bike. I haven't rode in a, in a, in a couple of days, and I got to get back out there. Yeah, man, because you know if you don't ride, the, the hole will close up, and it'll be harder to go in next time. No. What do you do when that happens? I don't know what you guys are talking about, but if I don't ride, yes, my... Uh, well, I'm not talking to y'all. Yes, I got to go ride. Well, you, at least you I, have your gel, so you'll be more comfortable. That's right. You, that's right. You're right, G. I forgot Envy uses the gel. True indeed. It's my gel pants, man. You got a positive note? Yes, I do, man. Uh, You're too strong to live life hurt. You're too beautiful to let someone's ugly ways make you insecure yourself. Never allow hurt people to hurt you. Breakfast club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?